Welcome to the Venue Solutions Podcast, where we talk about everything data center, information technology, cybersecurity, and more. I'm William, Venue's data center sales engineer and one of your hosts. Hi, I'm Eric Malatesta, Venue Data Center Infrastructure Manager and also one of your hosts. And I'm Michael Faisley, Venue's Network Infrastructure Manager and Cybersecurity Specialist, and I'm also one of your hosts. This is podcast number 73 for July 9th, 2021. In this podcast, we discuss immutable backups. What are they and why you should have at least one copy of your backup data on an immutable storage repository? This and more on the next Venue Podcast. Hey, guys. Welcome to another Venue Podcast. Hey, guys. This is Eric. This is Michael. Hey, guys. So uh, back again, and uh, we wanted to do a podcast. I think Michael's going on vacation next week, yeah? So we wanted, yes, to, get one, we wanted to get one cranked in before um, before that happened, so we thought, ah, might might be nice to do one on a, on a Friday, so... July 9th, 2021, and uh, we wanted to talk about, before we, you know, we don't have any special guests today, it's just uh, Michael, Eric, and myself, and unfortunately, we'll open the podcast with yet another ransomware news. Uh, This latest one happened actually last weekend, right, on the 4th, which was with the uh, Kaseya VSA that impacted... um, certain retail and supply chain um you know businesses right yeah yeah so kisaya they they make a a remote management um tool that a lot of msps use um and and as you said it it happened on that weekend um you know certainly by design they they chose a time to have the attack when a lot of people were going out of town right um waited until actually like partway through the day that way you know in case some people were gonna only work the morning and you know take off early to to hit the road um you know timing was was everything there but uh yeah this was certainly uh in in my opinion a, a supply chain attack because they exploited kaseya and then planted the malware inside an update that went out to all of the agents so as soon as that update uh, happened on on all of the agents downstream uh those those organizations were ransomware yeah so basically and correct me if i'm wrong michael the kaseya um application is basically like um, a centralized management tool that customers install right and then the, admi- the administrators use the kaseya platform to reach out to the different either multiple data centers or multiple servers or multiple workstations to do remote management and yeah. you know it it's 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 it makes things very convenient for the the administrators right or and or users to to manage multiple environments through one pane of glass however if that one pane of glass becomes broken right or there's something goes <laughs> on you could um it makes it very easy for ransomware people to get out to the other uh the other you know devices being managed and cause havoc Sure. Yeah. And and the thing that's tricky about these things is, uh, you know, no uh, amount of um, email protection or firewall protection or, uh, you know, consultative, hey, you know, come in and and look look at my network is going to protect you from something like this. Right. Yeah. Um, Because it's it's coming via an update from the vendor. Um, 
you know, so uh, really the, the only thing that would have protected organizations is, is some substantial endpoint security where once once the malware did arrive um, and, and tried to carry out, you know, it's ransomware attacks that, you know, if, if you had some type of EDR or XDR solution, um, it would prevent the uh, the damage from the system. Right. Now, the, the only other solution really is just not having the software running. So let's yeah. say let's say you have a vendor that that's their requirement that you run that. You can maybe arrange with the vendor saying we will enable it when you want need to get in and we'll disable it when you're done kind of thing. So this is another sure. level of of simple uh, security that, that can be done. And then that stops the supply tra- chain from happening automatically. Now, when you start it, it's going to fire up, try to get it. Go find out whether it needs an update and so on and so forth. That hopefully, when you're firing it up, you're past that uh, incident and that the the next version has been cleaned of that, and so you're getting the, a, a secured version. Yeah, yeah. So security being very important, and unfortunately, we have you know another ransomware news event that happened. Um, I think we didn't have any last. Last last podcast, but we have one this one. And in other news, good news is Kara the snake was found in the mall, Louisiana. So that is now been resolved, right? Now, now we're yeah. really dating our location as and time frame. I was actually, I was actually so tempted to like go there and like help out with the search. And I was like, okay, let's, let's okay. I digress. So. Talking about, you know, and, and Michael, we've, we've said this on so many podcasts already about how, you know, uh, security is important to protect your per, your perimeter. It's important to protect your um, your servers and, and endpoints and, and, you know, to stop these things from happening. But we also talk a lot or have talked, at least to some degree, about how do you protect not only your production data, right, your most important but maybe right after your production data, let's let's protect our backup data because sure. what, because what happens? Okay, inevitably something bad happens, right? Or and bad could be ransomware, of course, but it also could be fire, flood, locusts. Maybe you have a killer Python loose in your data center and it starts unplugging cables and causing havoc. Something like that. Um, you know, so. Your, your backup data is extremely important, and, and I'm not going to say more important than your production data, of course, but it's right up there, right? So, um, you know, one of the things that we've we found that, we, you know, hackers and ransomware and bad guys will, will always do is they'll, you know, take a look at screwing up your production data or ransom or encrypting your production data or causing havoc with that, but also looking to try and get also your second most important data, which is your backups. Yeah. I mean, cause at the end of the day, the, the threat actors want you to pay the ransom, right? And they've wised up to the fact that uh, organizations will have reliable backups and say, eh, whatever, I'm just going to restore for my backup and that they're not going to pay the ransom. So um, you know, they're they're starting to go after the backups as well. And in some cases, they go after the backups first. Yeah, that's actually a major point to make, yeah. Michael. So 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 if I'm going to ransomware you, I'm going to get into your system, and I already know that modern the modern people have figured out, hey, I ransomware their production, but these people were smart enough to have good backups, so they just restore from backup. They didn't have to pay my ransom. So what I will do instead is I'll get in, I'll seek out your backups, I'll I will increase backups 
And then I'll start encrypting your production. So you may not even realize your backups have been encrypted yet. And two or three days later, I'm starting to encrypt your production data. And so you're like, okay, cool. I'll just go hit my backups and then boom, your backups are, are useless. Right. And, and so that is a new form of attack that requires a little bit of scripting by the scripters. But all they're doing is hopping in first. And the first thing they're doing is, is looking for Veeam, you know, Evolved, uh, name your backup product of, of choice and just scanning for the ports and looking for them to see if they can hit it. And then from there, trying to ransomware it. Yeah. So the word that the word that has been a buzzword, a new buzzword. I shouldn't say new, but a relatively new buzzword in the um, in the IT industry is the word immutable, right? And really, that pertains to immutable backups. Now, I know Eric and, and Michael are, are tired of hearing me say immutable, so we all have to take a shot every time I say immutable, <laughs> shot of coffee or something, right? But that is kind of the new buzzword, right? And and what does that mean? You know, was this uh, this is something new? Um, and, you know, if we look at what does that word mean, right? If you look at dictionary.com, immutable means the characteristic of an object with a fixed structure and properties whose values cannot be changed, right? So when we start talking about immutable backups, what that means is once we write our backups, uh, for a certain it's, amount it's unchangeable. For a certain, yeah, for a certain <laughs> amount of time, and that could be seven days, 14 days, 30 days, 30 years, that data can't be changed, even if you want to, right? Even if you want right. to delete it, it's it's there. And, and important to note, and important to note, William, is is it cannot be changed from the moment it's written, and and for the lifespan of whatever you set as the policy for its retention. Right. So, let's just say I'm smart to say, well, that's fine. I'm going to set the retention to one day or twelve hours. That's fine. The original uh, policy was set at. You know, seven days, 10 weeks, one year, whatever it was. So that immutable backup now has that data in it and it cannot be removed for that time frame. That is absolutely correct. And I've actually tested some of that in the lab, um, Eric, while, we, you know, when I was doing some training with some of our coworkers, um, in our delivery team, we actually tried that in a lab. It's like, okay, let's, let's set, uh, you know, immutability to 14 days and then drop it to seven. You know, 14 days, we do some backups and then we drop it to seven days. And for those backups that have run with that tag of 14 days, you can't delete those backups, you know, even if you do change the date, right? Um, right. and, you know, so, you know, why is that important to backups, right? Why is that? Why has that become with with the respect to ransomware? Is you know many of these the, the the hackers or you know the bad guys right or or as you said Eric are really becoming more aware that backup software has gotten amazing. You know you look at Veeam, Rubrik, Cohesity. You know name your backup software now, especially uh, backups that are integrated with things like Hypervisor, right? With virtual machines. You can get your backups and, you know, get a server up and running in like 40 seconds, right? You do instant recovery and bam, your server's back up, right? So sure. it, it makes it, you know, customers have gotten like, you know, why do we, we're not paying ransomware. I'm just going to roll back to my next, um, you know, in the, or snap, saying snapshots, right? I'm going to roll back to my, my last backup and, you know, I'm not going to pay ransom. It's, I'm That's just right. going to wipe it out. I'm going to roll back time. So, you know, and, and that kind of upsets the, the the ransomware people because they're like, well, these people don't want to pay a ransom. Let's make it. Let's let's take it another level, and let's get into their backups, right? And um, 
you know, that's something that, that we, we really have to look at is how do we, um, you know, how do we, you know, we don't want to necessarily go back to tape, but tape is like the, you know, the, the true first immutable backup, right? Sure. You're pulling but, it out of a system. You're taking it away from where the where it can be written, period, right? Yeah. Are overwritten, I guess is a better way to say that. But yeah, so so great point. You know, tapes are great, immutable backup, right? And and they're still used sometimes today. So they're worth bringing up. That is an immutable backup if you have that. Uh, as you know, restoring from tape could be painful. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. We haven't. Right? Dealt, I haven't dealt with tape since like. Man, the, the eighty, the, the, I was gonna say eighties, but like you know, the early two thousands, right? Um, Correct. And yeah, we used so, to yeah. have we used to have a massive tape library at our data center. You know, we called it Johnny Five because it was actually a robotic tape library that would move tapes around, and it was like a big refrigerator, right? But right. those things, the problems with tape is, you know, everyone knows it's 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 not expensive, but it's not you know, free, right? And there's, when I say free, there's, there, it takes administration and, and, and care and feeding of those tapes. And, you know, you, the problem with tape is inevitably you'll need to do a restore and what happens? Your tape fails. Your tape, you know, because you're, you're writing to magnetic media, um, mm-hmm. you know, eh, you're going to have problems. Yeah. Um, and we, I think, I think we all know that, that tape backups are, are not necessary. Not necessarily a thing of the past, but they're becoming a thing of the past. So most people are using some form of disk-based backup, right? right? So, so hey, great if you have tape backup, and hey, great if that's immutable to you, and hey, great, just be aware that there's limitations with your tape restore, and you will have time frames that that change your uh, recovery times, your RTOs, as we like to talk about, right? right? So. So that's that's just something you should be aware of. Move forward because what today world is we mostly use disk backups, and so immutability in these backups and and being able to take these backups and secure them so that an administrator, even myself, that decides, hey, they're getting ready to fire me tomorrow. I I see this coming. Let me just go screw them. Right. Even the administrator can't do that kind of a thing. Right. So you have taken that backup and you've said, I am securing it from all abilities to be rewritten, deleted or scraped from our system. Well, you know, you know what's good about tape, right? Tape can be. And and this kind of goes back to, you know, our multi-layer, you know, approach to security. Right. Um, The thing about the thing about um the thing about tape is it could be another layer, right? So you can have, you know, your network security, you can have your uh, security on your backup appliance, you could have secure one level of security on your backup data, and then you can have another copy of your backup data, not necessarily, you know, offsite, but also to another media like tape. So um, it can just be another layer of your security approach, right? So tape, I agree with you, Eric, that tape is, you know, probably over the last several years starting to wane uh, with disks becoming cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and also higher and higher capacity. Um, But again, it's still something that can be used. Absolutely. So, so 
what we're talking about today is more of a mutability on the hardware, right, and, and on the disk side of things. And, and, and that word immutability is just something that's becoming popular over the last, I don't know, four or five years. Uh, it's actually really become popular over the last year, really. But uh, over the last four or five years, we've kind of heard this term in, in our circles, the circles that Will and I run in. And, uh, you know, we, we, we always thought, well, you know, do a good job of securing yourself. You know, you don't necessarily have to have immutability. But as we've seen in the last three years, years is the attackers have gotten smarter and smarter and smarter and and more vigorous with their attacks so that they want they know now let's attack the backups and then let's attack the production so this so this term immutability and the inability to change that backup once written until the pilot to the retention has been run is extremely important for the recoverability and the functionality and continuations of your business right so and also you know it, it, the the immutability in terms of backup storage hardware and as you're talking eric and software is it's also gotten a lot easier right it's, it's a lot easier than dealing with tape and sending things off site which you still can do as that other layer but now backup um backup vendors have made it extremely extremely easy to build in this immutability to your backup storage with common everyday software and things that are not extremely hard to set up and install and configure um, and then also maintain. So really it's like there's no reason not to take that step to have immutable backups. Sure, sure. I mean, that's the first thing you're gonna. Someone's gonna ask you when something's happened. I mean, just just think about it when you have a a system failure, just a normal system failure. What's the first thing that the vendor says to you when you call every single time? Hey, do you have a backup? Right. And so, we know backups are are crucial to the recoverability of our business. And so, the ability to to go this to to make this quicker is important. So, yeah. hey. Yep. Hey, Will, I mean, just, you know, we, we've been talking about this a little bit. What? Why don't we go into a little bit more depth about some of the um, testing that, that we did, right, to uh, see what what this actually did protect against when, when we were on the OS? Yeah, absolutely. So, like, for instance, um, you know, when, when in, in the testing that I've done recently in the lab with one of our backup vendors, uh, I was able to, you know, in, in the, the lab that I'm using, I had my standard, um, you know, data backups that run on a Windows server. And then I had another storage repository that was sitting on a Linux server where we enabled immutable backups, right? And, um, you know, I, I was able to, you know, in lab, trash my backups on the production server, right? Completely delete them, change them. I even, you know, did some encryption on them and I simulated a problem. But when I tried to do that on the, the immutable repository, it was like, nope, <laughs> can't do it. And I mean, even when I logged in as a root level user, right? And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm really going to trash this now. And I logged in to the system with root, uh, it, you know, it, SU'd into the root user and then tried to do, you know, the, 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 the obligatory RM dash RF and nope, no good. Uh, that data was stuck on disk. Now, obviously, you know, if, if you walk over to the server, right. And, um, you know, hit it with a sledgehammer, then you got a problem, right? That disc, that disc is not immutable to physical impact by a 20 pound sledgehammer, right? However, you know, most of your ransomware 
um, the ransomware folks aren't, you know, bull, you know, breaking into your building, right? They're doing this all remotely through, you know, SSH or or some type of application through the internet. So as long as it's your, you're secure from that side, uh, the mutable backups really do provide a lot of a lot of functionality. Yeah, so, and I think if I remember correctly, um, William, when we ran those commands, they actually just kind of ran. They didn't say they didn't work, and then. When you went to look at the data, boom, the data is still there, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so this, so this is great because not like once I said, once again, we're, we're we're protecting ourselves from the human. We're not necessarily protecting ourselves from the person being able to whack it with a hard drive, with a hammer because there's just not, no way around that. There are other ways around that, right? We could talk about as well, you know, doing more perimeter security within the facilities itself. But well, what we're talking about is actually protecting the bits that are on the on the uh, image. Right, and, and that really goes back to the three, two, one rule of of backups, right? Um, you know, you want to have you know three copies of your data, two on different media, and at least one off-site. Yes. Uh, so if someone did breach your physical your physical security right in your in your building or data center or, or server room, whatever, uh, you got an off-site copy, right? Yeah. And even on the and we have some security even on the off-site copy for our customers, uh, specifically with our Veeam Cloud Connect customers that want to have uh, it's called insider protection, right? Where uh, even if a, a rogue user at the customer um, site deletes their backups, it won't delete off of cloud, even if the customer says, yes, delete those files off of cloud. Um, it goes into basically like a recycle bin, right? Yeah, that's right. So, that's, so and, and also, just so you know, Ransomware people are that smart as well, so they can issue the same commands. They can say, "Oh, I see this 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 appliance is using a remote cloud connection for offsite backups." Issue the command to remotely delete that data, right? And because I'm already fully control of the Veeam or Rubrik or whatever appliance, I already have the right commands, so I just send it, and boom, the other side's removed. What we do here at Venue is we, re- we, we, we protect you at another level with, with other options. So once again, it's not quite immutability like, you, like we, the word has defined, but uh, it's another layer of protection. So Yeah, and again, that we've said it once and we'll say it again. Secure, there's no one technology that is the end-all, be-all to security, right? Um, you have to look at it, protect the network with your firewalls, uh, inspection, you know, intrusion detection, intrusion prevention, right? Protect the endpoint, okay, which is normally your where people get, creep in, right? They get someone's laptop gets infected when they're at home. They bring it into the workplace or VPN into the workplace, and bam, the infection starts to spread. So protect this, you know, protect the network, protect the endpoints and servers, you know. So what yeah. users use, what the servers are in your office using, and then protect your backup data. You know, protect your network and production first, and I shouldn't say first. It should be really in lockstep, right? Also protect your backup data, right, and use some type of immutable storage. Uh, also protect your backup server with some type of endpoint protection and antivirus, which makes, um, you know, there's some features in some of our backup tools that actually before you do the restore, it checks for ransomware, right? Now, I ran that in the lab here recently, and it worked extremely well. Um, you know, so yeah. It, I mean, this is a, this is this is a big multi-layered approach to to your your security. But 
in regards to backups, your backups are only as good as your your security as a whole, and your security as a whole is only as good as your in backup. So it's kind of like they go hand in hand, right? Yeah. You can't yeah. have all this security at the end, at, at the at the uh, uh, end point or at the perimeter, if someone comes inside to your system and destroys it from within your system. So exactly. then you have so then you have this other option. You have this immutable backup that you can go back to and this guy's been fired or escorted from the building yeah. and now you're insider in threats. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so so these are all pieces and parts that go together. So the immutability of the backup is important, but just as important to what we're talking about here is our, our perimeter and our endpoint. So if I I try to stop it at the perimeter, of course, as best I can, right? And then I try to stop it at the endpoint as best I can. And then if I can't do all of that, I say, hey, I have to have this backup data immutable. So all these three pieces kind of go together. Yep. And again, you know, we, we said again, I'll, I'll hit this again is no one technology solves the overall security problem. It's layered. Um, but doing things like immutable backups and, and, and these other measures, it makes it harder for attackers or hackers, whatever, to, to actually get into your stuff. So what happens is unless, you know, a, a bad guy absolutely wants to get into your business and he's doing a targeted approach, right? A lot of times it's people just going through and trying to blanket, you know, blanket infect people. They'll find that once they hit a couple of these roadblocks, they're like, eh, it's not worth my time to continue to try and hack this, 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 this company, right? So I think Michael's always called that the script monkeys. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Script kitties. Yeah. Script kitties. So you make it, you make it harder and harder through these (laughs) layers until they say, well, this is, this is taking, this is taking too much time. It's costing me too much money to try and hack this one, this one company. I'm going to go on to the next guy. I'm going to find someone else. So that, that again kind of brings that home is that layered approach is what really protects customers. Yeah. Yeah. So. So let's talk about what do we do here at Venue. So we talked a little bit about we. I think we've we've explained you know kind of the importance of a, of of security definitely, but also immutable backups and protecting your backup data just as important as your production data. But um, what are we doing here at Venue, right? And, and talk about some of the partnerships we have with uh, certain backup vendors who have embraced immutable backups. Well, even at a most basic level, even before we talk about some of our bullets, you know, years and years and years and years ago, 2006-ish, we we started offering an off-site backup product, right, for enterprise-level systems. Right. And so so that was kind of your first level of, hey, you need your backups, not within your own environment. Right. So this is something we were doing for years ago. We had a couple of different applications that we offered at the time that we've evolved through the years. And then we've also expanded through the years. So so nowadays we have multiple products that we can offer the, uh, an end user some of which are just off-site copies of things, some, some of which are able to leverage the immutability and the, the security of, of the underlying application and the hardware combined. Exactly, yep, yep. So some of the, some of the um, do we want to talk a little bit about the vendors that we, we, we started sure. with, yeah. right? So really one of the first vendors that, that really started to offer this and actually kind of made the word immutable um, – you know, popular, uh, popular, right? Was Rubrik. Rubrik sure. makes a really, really nice product that um, we're a reseller of, and, and it provides, a, a, you know, similar to 
most modern um, hypervisor-enabled based backup utilities, right, is an on-site appliance, right, that you can write your data to locally and then have that data written off-site. And uh, Rubrik was really one of the first companies to kind of build that immutability into their backup repositories, right, their backup platforms. And um, most of these companies we find that, that are doing this are using some type of Linux for the back end, right? Linux sure. for the actual back end operating system. Now, I will say this. I'm not, I, I will, you know, and, and if you ever hear me on, you know, if I'm ever talking to customers, you know, I'll, I'll always say, you know, Linux might be a little bit more secure. I'm never going to say Windows is completely horrible to run because it's not. You can, you can make Windows extremely secure, right? But there are certain attributes of, of Linux that in the file system, whether if it's um, you know just a normal uh, normal Linux-based file system, or you're doing something like XFS, that you can make uh, the file system immutable. It's actually built into the operating system, right? And I don't think Windows has that yet, right? I think that inevitably uh, Microsoft will 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 start building something in to make certain file systems and file types immutable. And if, if they haven't already, I mean, I haven't been keeping up with um, what is it, 2021 Windows Server? 2022, yeah. You know, I I don't know that that's coming that quickly with Microsoft, but I mean, I don't think that's an important thing. I mean, we have the ability to do it with Linux, and and that's fine. We that's what we use, and and uh, as backup administrators, we just have to be flexible enough to say I can utilize this this Linux operating system and and secure my disk. That's what you're really doing. You're 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 securing the volume, right? uh, of the disk so that the volume can't be written to a uh, rewritten over the same bits. Yep. So, so rubric has got a nice platform. They also have, um, a software as a service add on that does a lot of, uh, analysis into your backup data. And that will, um, tell you, Hey, there's a, there's a problem. You might have some data that's been encrypted, uh, go do something about it. Right. That's right. Um, we also are, uh, have a really good relationship with Veeam. Right. That's correct. And Veeam with version 11, which came out earlier this year, introduced the immutable backup. So, uh, Veeam now has entered into that, 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 um, that game of being able to provide customers with a repository for their data that enables immutability. And they're doing it through a hardened version of Linux that, uh, protects users' data. Sure, and this is something that I know that this is where you were doing a, a lion's share of your testing, yeah. and and trying to break and and trying to figure out how can you get around it, and and uh, we're able to prove that hey, this is you know hardened uh, volume that can't be removed. Right. Yeah. Um, so the files can't be removed, right? The the actual files and folders that make up your backups, uh, specifically and, and the a, file data, like the the actual. Um, you know, the, the files that are on disk have that flag. And if, you know, you try to remove a folder that has those files, it says, nope, can't do it. You know, there's, there's data in here that's immutable. I'm not going to let you pull out any folders or anything like that. Sure. And of note here, I, I think Veeam's done a really good job with this because Veeam's also built this system so that there is no backdoor. You can't call Veeam and say, hey, can you delete this for me? And the Veeam support guy says, okay, yes, I can. However, to do this, I need two people to call in from your company that are registered with us as backup administrators. And then once I have that approval, yes, I'll issue the commands. 
the, the reason why Veeam doesn't do that is because if the commands exist to work to be run, the hacker will inevitably get to those commands. Yep. Yeah. Right. So, so, so they've actually just not even been able to write that data into being able to be removed. So once it is written, it is written. Yep. Plus they would, they would make them, they would make their customer susceptible to some type of supply chain attack. Exactly. Right? So, threat actors get into Veeam and then, you know, carry out an attack to delete everybody's backups through there. Um, so it's it, it's good on their part to um, kind of stay out of that, right? Absolutely. And I think Veeam's done a very good job of it. And uh, I think that their their product has taken some of the things that we saw on Rubrik three or four years ago and expanded upon them and made them better. Yep. So I definitely, you know, so we definitely are, are starting to provide this to customers um, this year, right? In fact, I've got a couple of customers who are uh, going to be moving to um, that are existing Veeam customers that have a Windows-based um, backup and replication server and their data sitting on Windows. And to be able to provide them immutability, they're not having to rip out everything and start over. Which, which is nice, right? You don't want to have to go trash everything to start over with immutable backups. We're just giving the customer another, uh, repository ster- a server, right? That's running, uh, that doesn't have to necessarily be as robust as the primary Veeam backup and replication server. So we're putting a, um, a Linux based appliance, right? A physical appliance on site with a muff storage for the customers to, to keep their data. And we're doing, um, you know, a specific version of Linux that is long-term support. And now that customer can do a backup copy job. So they've got their primary data sitting on, you know, a Windows, uh, you know, a Windows server running the um, ReFS file system for the repository. But then they also have another repository that is hardened, secured, can't be touched that they're doing a backup copy job. In fact, it, it really, Veeam has also done something really nice where when you're setting up the immutable backups, you actually issue, you're issued a one-time use password. So when you're connecting to that, uh, that repository, right? Once you make that connection, SSH and all the other communication, um, is turned off, right? That, that hackers would normally get in. So when that server is after it's set up, Right. Uh, and locked down. It is truly hardened. I can't SSH to it. There's no telnet. Uh, I'm locked out of that system. The only way I would be able to go to that system is to actually go to physically sit at the keyboard, log in locally and enable SSH. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's very that's very nice. So it does lock things down incredibly good. So if anyone listening wants a demo of this, I'll I'll be I'll I'll talk ad nauseum <laughs> about uh Linux uh immutable backups. We have this running in a nice really nice lab where we can um show you how uh indestructible that data is. In saying that, I will say uh this goes back to another level, right? Um you know, even with how good immutable backups are, there's always going to be some vulnerability. There's always going to be, if someone is, you know, super genius, is there a way to circumvent immutability? And I would say right now we don't know of any, but there's always a risk, right? So the idea is, again, come back to that layered approach and make, you know, immutable backups just a little harder for a for an attacker to get to your data, right? Um, and nowadays it's really risk and reward, or how much work do you have to put in to having this 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 feature? And what's nice is is it's gotten very low, um, a lot of very low work, 
right? Very low complexity, as it will, to get immutable backup. So why not take that extra layer? Sure. Right. So this sounds really good. What about the downside? There's an obvious downside to immutable backups, and we'll talk about that in a second, right? Um, what is that? Well, we have a, we have one, one one other product that we oh, do yeah, offer. Yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. <laughs> uh, and, and I don't want us to, uh, to to say that we're only a Veeam shop. I mean, we love Veeam. It's a great product. Uh, surely it's wonderful for our clients. Uh, but we also offer, and we're, we are growing a, a, a new product set around the Cohesity platform. And they also have immutabilities that they're bringing to the, to the uh, platform. Yep, exactly. And like, like Rubrik, Cohesity has something called Helios, which is another, which is a SaaS offering that allows customers deep uh, analytics into their data. Uh, it also provides uh, ransomware awareness, so it'll tell you, hey, there's something going on. Um, so it, it's a lot of visibility into the data, right? The customer data. Veeam has this as well. Uh, by the way, Veeam has Veeam One, which in version 11 had a really a nice rewrite of the Veeam One application. So Veeam One has made another big stride. And actually has ransomware awareness built into to Veeam One as well. So, yeah. So the, the so the big difference between Cohesity and Veeam, or Rubik and Cohesity and Veeam, Rubik and Cohesity basically have their own OS, right? So it is a Linux OS, obviously, but it is an OS that they are de- deploying to the the appliances. So it's hardened by them as well, right? So yeah. they're able to do things with their own OS, and they're able to do things for the hardening of their. Uh, of their immutability and stuff of that nature that Veeam relies on a Linux OS. So it's still just a tad bit different, but same technology. So, yeah. uh, and there's, so pros, great. So, there's pros and cons to each, each vendor, right? Absolutely. As always, right? Some people like... Which is the reason why we have them all. Exactly, exactly. Some people like things like Rupert and Cohesity because it is, it is ultra-proprietary. And, you know, you have a limited, you know, hardware compatibility list. Other people like Veeam because it's software only. And it lets, you know, the customer that has five computers or 5,000 computers have the same, the same methodology and the same feature set, right? So, sure. and you can put it whatever hardware you want. You want to put this on, you know, a Dell or HP or even a homegrown white box label server that you build yourself, uh, you can do it, Right. So sure. um, and, you, and you can do a little bit of that with cohesion as well. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Sure but it's, it's a little bit more hardened. It's a little yep. bit more hardened. So, but I mean, not to be a dead horse on that. So, so we have three pretty good products. We also have another Evolve product that we sell for our, our, so it's our standard backup product. So we have a lot of options there that we offer and all of them come with some version of protection for the end user. Yep. I think you were going to start down the road of some of the downsides. <laughs> well, the downsides. Which I think are wor- very worthy of mentioning. Yeah, the downside is, and it's kind of obvious, and we've been talking about immutability, right? You can't delete it. You can't delete it. What if you need to delete it, right? Um, <laughs> what happens if, like, you're like, oh shit, oh, oh shucks, uh, you're running out of storage space, <laughs> you know? Um, it, you know, immutable means immutable, meaning you cannot delete that data. Right. So, so, so slide of walking up to the server, pulling out the drives, yeah, putting new drives in. That, that data is not not going to be replaced, and so so you have to think about that while you're sizing this, right? So exactly. you have to think about you know what 
what is the level of mutability I want to have it? Do I want to have it on my dailies and my weeklies and my monthlies? Do I want to have it just on my my monthlies, just my weeklies, just my dailies? So right. you have to kind of think about that because you have to be able to calculate what the storage footprint is going to look like right. because that footprint is undeletable until the retention has been met. Now, that's important because if your retention is only three days, well, great. In three days, my, that data is released and deleted uh, and, and now usable again. Right. So, so you, you think about retention and you think about your backup plan and then you build your, your storage based off of those components. Yep. So yeah. in, in, in my Veeam testing, you know, when I was testing this, I was like, okay, let me, you know, I've got backups running immutable and I have it set to, let's say, seven days. Uh, so I went in and I was able to delete the actual backup job, right? The actual metadata of what I was backing up. But when I tried to go into the disk area and delete the disks, right? The virtual disks from not virtual disks, but the actual backup disks, right? The backup files, uh, from the Veen console, uh, it said, nope, uh, you can't delete these files until X date, which was past yeah. the seven days of mutability. So, you know, as an administrator, I have to, you know, really plan how do I, you know, how do I, how do I size my data properly? And it's not hard. I mean, we definitely do that for our customers. We have certain sizing tools that we use to get a really good estimate of how much data we need, uh, storage space we need for the customer's data and requirements, right? Retention requirements. Um, and, and, maybe, nice- and maybe, and maybe, Maybe what you're doing too is you're saying this is my second repository, right. so I'm, I'm I'm spinning this up on cheap disk, yes, large, big, cheap spinning disk maybe. So it's not you're not going to tape. You're still going to a disk which is faster than a tape and and easier to restore from, but you're going to a much cheaper version than maybe you have your primaries on. Right. The other thing to mention is a lot of these backup technologies um, are scalable. In terms of disk. So if you're running sure. out of storage, if like, okay, well, my, my volume that I'm writing my backups to is, is, is running out. I need, I temporarily need some disk storage. You can actually, um, scale out that, that repository to whatever your needs are and then scale it back once you're done. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, like I said, so I, I think that's a great point, Will, that these, the downside is the, that they, these are permanent, but that's also the upside. It's it's a it's a it's a blessing and a curse at the same time, right? <laughs> you got it. But um, yeah. I, I definitely think immutable backup, immutability of backups. This definitely ties in to the overall message of being able to keep your your, your data, your business applications absolutely secure from the ever increasing um, threat of ransomware, hacks, you know, viruses, things like this. Sure. All right, guys. Well, uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for this podcast. If there's if there's anything we need to discuss, I think we covered everything. Yeah, guys. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we got yep. it all. So just so remember, a little bit of housekeeping, please. Uh, you can find us on the iTunes Store, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio. I promise, Spotify is coming soon. And um, also, uh, definitely, you can go to www.venue.com/podcasts with an S. And uh, there you can find all of our the links to our podcast as well as the interact with us button. Right, we have a form that you if you want to um, submit, um, you know, comments, questions, questions, ideas for topics. Maybe you have a topic that you're passionate about and you want to discuss that with us on our podcast. We'd love to have you as a guest. 
Um, and that can be found on the venue.com slash podcast link. It will be in the show notes. You can also email us as at email us at podcast singular P O D C A S T at venue.com and, and do the same thing. Excellent. All right, guys. Well, I think this was a good Friday podcast. And um, Mike, have Michael, have a great vacation, and we'll see you. Thank on, you. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see you guys on the next podcast. Thank you so Take much, care, everyone. Bye.